Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am your host, Michelle Igomo. And if you've been following us, we are on the Bible in a Year Challenge. And today is day three. So I have a very important guest. It took a lot to get his attention. So please, <laughs> you are listening to this episode. You are one of the lucky few. So let me welcome Warugi Gwar. Hey guys. Hi, he's going to be joining us and sharing his reflections as well. So today we're going to be looking at um, Genesis chapter 5, chapter 6, and then Psalms 136. Okay. Okay, so when I was reading these two chapters, um, Genesis chapter 5 and 6, there is one major thing that stuck out to me, and it's one part of the Bible that, you know, there are some parts of the Bible that they they are very confusing, and then you try to search on it online, and yeah. you even get more confused because you're not even understanding. You, and you don't want to make the mistake of going mm-hmm. to get wrong information now and then misinterpreting things. So I just yeah. end up skipping this part entirely. <laughs> and I, I feel guilty, but I just skip it because, nah, I can't even deal with it. But today I had to look into it. And it's um, pretty much, I think, Genesis chapter 6 verses from verses 1. And it says, When people had spread all over the world and daughters were being born, some of the heavenly beings saw that these young women were beautiful. So they took the ones they liked. Then the Lord said, I will not allow people to live forever. They are mortal. Da, 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 da. Anyways, skipping down to verses 4. It says that in those days and even later, these were giants on the earth who were descendants of human women and heavenly beings. They were the great heroes and famous men of long ago. Okay, so before I invite you to share your thoughts on this part, there are two, two major um, definitions or explanations that I got on this part. And then the first one is one, I, is one I've always heard, like, okay, the heavenly beings were like angels or like fallen angels, in quotes, demons that came to sleep with human women and then they gave birth to those giants, Nephilim, if you call them. And the second version was the one I just heard this morning, that the heavenly beings also, in some versions, they called them sons of God, that were, they were actually from the line of Seth. So if you look closely to um, chapter 5, verses 1, it says that um, this is the list of the um, descendants of Adam, and then when God created human beings, he made them like himself. So when God created Adam, it was said that um, he created Adam in his image and likeness. And then in verses 3, it says that when Adam was 130 years old, he had a son who was like him, and he named him Seth. So it was like this verse specifically said that Adam had a son, Seth, who was like him, meaning that he, he, he was made in his image and likeness. So implying that Seth was also made, I mean, in the image and likeness of God. So like the lineage of Seth are like sons of God. And then the human women that is being referred here are like the descendants of Cain. Mm-hmm. So, like, what it meant is that there was, like, fusion, marriage fusion between the lineage of Seth and lineage of King. So, yeah? Makes so much sense for your thing. Perfect. No, the lineage of Seth, that was the third um, son that Adam and Eve had. Yes. Well, um, there's something I noticed, too, but it starts from chapter 5, actually. Okay. You know, um, we know that before chapter 5, Seth, um, Adam already had Cain and Abel. 
Yeah. But in verse 5 now, he now says, Adam lived 430 years before he begot his son, Seth. So why yeah. was it that it wasn't mentioned that Adam lived 130 years or lived 100 years before he had Cain and Abel? Why yeah. was it that Seth? That was one thing I first noticed. Yeah. That I struck out to me that, um, okay, it's, it's actually very simple. That the following lineage is actually, you know, Cain, let me see. King was the, what was the word now? He was banished. <laughs> King, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So God did not continue because this book of, this chapter 5 in particular is like mm. a line of 10 men, 10 mm-hmm. special. And um, there must be a reason because there's something I was reading and it said if you add, if people may try to know the years from when man was made to mm-hmm. um, Noah. By adding all the years, but then it, you have to see that when they say this person has this person, it doesn't really mean okay. After this one is this one, after this one is this one, mm. after this one. like father literally means ancestor. So it is not, you know, the Bible is not something you take literally, it's not a literal, yeah, yeah, true. That, that for me was stand out. And then in chapter five, I noticed that nobody was living up to 1000 years. The yeah. highest 969, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just, I was just pointing on it a bit. I was just meditating. So why is it that, why is it that nobody lives, nobody lives up to a thousand years? And I have a very hot speech. <laughs> Bible scholars will come after me after I drop this. <laughs> you know? Um, if we go to the beginning, it says that in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth, blah, blah, blah. And then, each day was for each creation, so he made man in one day, right? Yeah. And if we go to Second Peter three verse eight, the Bible says that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years. Yes, yeah. And it also yeah. goes to Psalm ninety verse four. It says, "For you a thousand years as a passing day." So if we are going with the creation story, Scripture says that God created man in one day, meaning he did he created man in one thousand years for us. Wow. Okay. So if you are juxtaposing that in Second Peter three verse eight, you know, so in essence, I'm saying that it took God one thousand years to create man, mm-hmm. and after man or men or whatever fell, <laughs> this is the hot take. Hey, I'm listening. Nobody again could have lived above one thousand years. God built man, built man in one thousand years. Mm-hmm. So nobody can be able to live above his jurisdiction because man mm. fell. <laughs> oh, man. boss man. <laughs> I have never heard it, but man. I had never thought about it until I was just meditating on that, it. I had that actually it. makes sense. I had never thought about it this way before. Wow. And you know, I want to add one more thing that I'm just thinking right now that I've never thought before. Remember when, um, when Jesus Christ was talking and he said, is going to tear that tear down this temple and build it back in three days. In three days, okay. yeah. And then the Pharisees were angry because, come on, it took them years to build this mm, temple. To build it, yeah. If Jesus had said he would tear down this temple, and, okay, let's say it took them five hundred years to build, and if Jesus had said, okay, I will tear down this temple and my and the lineage after me will build back a better temple in one thousand years, I'm sure they would have not been angry. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he said. Something that took them in my own just 
saying now 500 years. He said he's going to do it back in three, three days. days. Yeah, it, it made no sense. It made no sense, you know? Yeah. So if God us, it took God 1,000 years to build us, then why should we live above 1,000? Although it's very hot take, I'm still trying to convince my own self. And I got something else. Um, okay. There's this man, I think his name is James, is it James Sharp? Or John Sharp? He said that, sorry, John Piper, yeah. He said that God granted us those long lives, or the reason for, because every scripture in the Bible has a reason, a purpose. So, and if you, read, if, you read, if you study Genesis 5, it is very particular. The years were written down exactly how they were. It was mm-hmm. said that I had this son, he lived so, so, so years. Mm-hmm. A reason. So, John Piper said that God granted us those long lives, so we can see how far his plan, the world has fallen. Like, you know, there was something yeah. positive. He said the laws were not given so that we will keep them, but they were in fact given that we will see how far we are falling from God's image. You know, yeah. in Romans seven, he says, "For I would not know my sins except through through the law." So in essence, we have not known God's original plan for longevity of man if we had not seen examples of people living that long. Because yeah. after that, people started living shorter and shorter and shorter. Yeah, I mean, like, if you go straight on to the next chapter, chapter 6, that was when, like, God laid the course that nobody was going to live longer than 120 years. You get So, yeah. I think that's the three. So, you know, that's just what I got from these five. So, the, the whole essence of chapter 5 is just to say, see, Warebi, normally you're supposed to live longer than this. But yeah. already came into the world. You have seen in you. Oh, well, Although, even looking at the way the world is, I don't even want to live that long in this place. <laughs> honestly speaking, long life is good, though. Yes, I want to enjoy and enjoy the fruit of my labor. But like, nah, to live in these present times for a hundred years, you are going to see things. David lived seventy years. Solomon lived eighty years. You know. So, yeah. I think that's all for us. So, what do you think about uh, chapter 6, the creation, the ark, when God was telling Noah to do this, do that? Um, well, first of all, I think the description about the ark was just too detailed. Like, it's, it just shows how how God has really thought about everything. Like, make it exactly like this. Make it exactly like this. And maybe Noah, if he had been stubborn or foolish and decided not to, maybe made one tweak or made one redesign. I don't even know if maybe that that ark would have tested or tested the um, time at that point or lasted through the flood. So first of all, that ark was just very, very, very detailed. Secondly, I think... It's very easy to say, okay, if I was Noah, I mean, it's God. If God told me to do something, I'm going to do it ASAP. But it's very important for us to realize the condition and the situation that Noah was in at that time. It was not easy. First of all, it was very clearly stated that Noah was the only man, only good man of his time in the entire world. He was the only one. Do you know how hard it is? to be the only good person in your class. Sometimes you even start doubting if what you're doing is actually good. Exactly, because like you're surrounded with people that have another different set of beliefs, another different... Even your own family was not as good as you. So it definitely took so many 
times of him having to put his faith and his trust in God that, okay, he's on the right path, even if he was the only one in the entire world that was doing that. So secondly, I mean, you're the only one that heard, maybe in his dream, I don't know how God gave him the message, that God told you to build an ark out of nowhere. And it didn't take him one night, it didn't take him two nights. It probably took him months, years maybe, in fact. I'm pretty sure at some point he might have doubted and felt stupid doing it. And then you have everybody walking past your door and in your backyard, you're seeing this huge ark in the middle of dry land. Like, what, what exactly does this man even think he's doing? Like, is this not even stupidity? Are you sure we should not carry this man to the hospital and check? Because there is something wrong. At his old age, though, you will have your own family mock you for obeying God. So it just like goes as far as to say that if you are walking with God, not every instruction from him is going to make sense. Not every not every decision or everything he tells you to do is going to make sense, even to yourself or to people around you. But like that should not keep you from doubting and trusting what God if if it doesn't make sense, I mean, I think that is even further proof that you're dealing with a God that is beyond all understanding. If you understand him and everything about him perfectly makes sense, I don't think he's fit to be God. Do you get what I'm saying? So like that should just be an encouragement. I'm passing through this phase in my life of where I want God to build my character. I don't want to be this immature child that takes everything personal. And when I tell you that, man, the test I've seen in this week alone, <laughs> that <laughs> test my <like>, bro, <laughs> I have people from everywhere just trying me, doing different things that I know usually I would have just put them in their place. But now I can't do it because every single time I'm doing it, it's just ringing in my head, Michelle, this was what you asked for. You asked God to build your character, and now he's doing it, so you better take whatever he's giving you. So, like, if you are in that stage of your Christian life, you're trying to grow, you're trying to develop, especially when it was something you asked for, it's not going to be easy. So, you get ready for those times that things will test you, and things will not even make sense at some point, but, like, in the end, hopefully, everything works out good. Everything works out. Yeah. There was something you mentioned, and I think that one just stuck out to me. You said faith. You mentioned faith. If we go to Hebrews 11, that's like the Hall whole, whole of Fame of faith. Mm-hmm. And we know from that scripture, and even from the story of the Bible, that Noah was the first person to give faith in, in the Bible. Yeah. First person to give faith was actually God. Because through faith, he made the entire world by the words of his mouth. The second was Abel. The third was Enoch. Enoch believed in God that he would not die and he did not die. He was counted to him as faith. Mm-hmm. And then the next was Noah. You know? Do you know mm-hmm. something? Before Noah made that ark, it had never rained before on the world, in the world. Rain had never fallen in the sky before. Yeah. Yeah, so, true, true. And the, the, the earth is to water itself from the ground. From the ground, yes, yes. So, imagine. Nobody had ever seen that water. Before. <laughs> Nobody had ever seen that And then all of a sudden, there's this man building this giant boat for 40 years. Mm-hmm. 40 years, I think. Building this thing for 40 years. And people were just like, ah, what's wrong with this man? Like, what do this man? <laughs> they didn't even know what they were expecting. Like, flood. Like, the flood. Well, I mean, how bad? <laughs> yeah. You know, or they didn't know at all. So, and another thing that stood out for me is, as as you said, God always 
specific instructions to our everyday living. Mm-hmm. Everything, because even in, I think this is um, Leviticus, or was it non- no, Leviticus, when they were building the temple, and God would give them specific instructions. I think that was the time where he, was it Beverly or somebody, say men of craft, and give them, he was telling them the inches to measure this wood. Yeah. The exact yeah, yeah, so, yeah. God is very specific in our everyday living. And it takes a place of you actually to be able to get these instructions because sometimes they won't make sense. You know? Yeah. That's what yeah. I got from Noah. Number one, faith. Number two, the fact that God always gives specific Instructions, yeah. Okay. yeah. And this is your sound. I read it too. Interesting. Quite interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I I was reading something and because the the sound is actually okay. You're not Igbo. You're from, I think you're from Benue State. Yeah, There's this Igbo Igbo thing where call and answer when the 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 race choruses. I sing. I yeah. call. People answer. I'm the soloist. I will call and you answer. You get. Yeah, yeah. This psalm was practically a call and answer psalm. Mm-hmm. The, the, the literal name for it is a Hallel psalm, and it was usually sung at the beginning of Passover. I think Psalm 136 is the only record of a Hallel psalm in the Old Testament. Wow. And it goes like um, they say something about God, and then the reply is, "For His mercy endures forever." Forever. And if you take out that word or that that statement for the mercy endures forever, you know the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and mm-hmm. if you translate literally in Hebrew, it means for his tender mercy to the coming age. And somebody said uh, that this was actually a prophetic psalm because when he was speaking of his tender mercy to the coming age, he was speaking about the coming of Jesus Christ. So in oh. essence, this psalm is actually a prophecy of Christ is coming. So they were saying, for God that rescued the Egyptians from the days, for God that parted the Red Sea, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the same God that that thing at the Red Sea, the same God is going to bring Jesus Christ to save our sins, mm-hmm. to worship God. The same God that did this, the same God that removed all the kings of Babylon, is the same God that's going to bring Christ yeah. to us. So that I think all 26 verses of this psalm, it was just that each verse was call and response. So and I think you can't understand this psalm in itself without reading the previous one, which is 135. And 135 is actually um, his praise, and this one is thanksgiving, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, someone says, enter his court thanksgiving, and into his court, into his gate, something like that, into his gate to praise. Mm-hmm. So praise and thanksgiving kind of go hand in hand, and that's 135 and 136. Just praising God. A prophetic, a very prophetic sound, and I really enjoyed it. That that is so good. I think one also the one beauty about this psalm is that it's like 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 you said, the Israelites in those times were drawing comparisons between what God did for them and what they are hoping God to do for them. So it's like a reminder: if you're passing through bad times, if you're passing through times that makes you doubt God. Just remind yourself of all the times that God has helped you, all the times that impossible situations have just magically turned around. And like that just helps you build your faith and realize that the God that did that for you then will still do another thing for you now. So 
telling you, it's so beautiful. Yeah. I, in this psalm, another thing that comes to my head is, I don't know, I think that is Hebrews 6 or Galatians 6, I'm mixing it up right now. He says, for he that spared not his son. Like, when people ask God for things, if you remember that, see, this same God you're asking to get you a new laptop, he gave you his son freely. Mm-hmm. He spared if he can give you his son, his only begotten son, why do you think he can't give you a laptop? Hmm, speak to me directly. God, you are giving me a new phone this month. Please, <laughs> new iPhone this, before the end of this year. I believe it. Let, let, let me now remind you and the other listeners about something about God. If he's not according to his will, you will I not have... No, don't add the second part. <laughs> so, it's God's will for you to get a new iPhone. I if it is still no problem, you get it. Hmm. It's not his way. You will beg from now to next year. Nothing come up. We are hoping that God's will will align with our own. In Jesus name. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, yeah. If God can give me a son, why can't he give me a scholarship? Mm-hmm. If God can, can freely give me his son on a platter, why can't he? I beg. If, yeah. if I think about it, he, he just beats my face. These are things yeah. that, you know, so yeah. I really, I really enjoy being on here. For me, Bible study is something that gives me joy more than anything. The I funny feel. thing is that I didn't like Bible study growing up. Not because I didn't like reading my Bible. It's just that the, maybe the teachers that I had were so rigid. There was no place for doubts, no place for questions. Yeah. It was, it is what it is. If you don't, I was in this Bible study, was it not last month? And then they were talking about like purity, chastity. Me that was old, and I understood what message like the man was trying to pass. Because we were talking, he was talking to like kids, like kids under 10 years and the rest. Oh. But like, I mean, this is a new generation. I don't think the older generation understand how smart and the level of information that can be easily gotten. So you were telling this, he was telling this 10 year old girl about how she should not have male friends because she's going to fall into temptation. And the girl's like, I mean, what if I can just have like a male friend just for having friend's sake? Like we're not doing anything, we're just having a male friend. Yeah. But this this man was just arguing and fighting a lost battle. Because in my mind I'm like, see this one. If you want to explain to children, explain to them well. Don't just I'm don't just be doing <laughs> right. So Anyways, this was so insightful. Thank you so much for your time and for I, coming on here. I really appreciate it. I, I hope I can come back another time. Please, you are you are more than welcome. Anytime you want, just pop in. You are more than welcome. My schedule is open. <laughs> one year. No it is well. I think I can come on like two or three other times. Definitely. Oh, yeah, no, no problem. So much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening. That wraps up our episodes. Don't forget to come in tomorrow, same time, same place. And I hope you have an amazing day. All right, cheers.